it's not just the best gangster movie, it's probably the best movie of all time. Like, I mean, it's the original gang, it's the OG movie, it's the one that everyone else kind of, it's the barometer that you kind of aim towards. And he comes back as this vicious gangster, like instantly he went from this likeable kind of... You can see it in his eyes nearly. Yeah, it's his eyes, it's soulless. And you're going, he is a completely different man to half an hour ago. Welcome to the Dingle Whiskey Movie Club, a crime world special, where we'll be discussing our favourite gangster films with special guests. Each week, we'll choose two movies from our top ten to review, to rate and to remember. But we want your thoughts too, so go on to our social media sites on Facebook, Twitter or on Instagram to vote for your favourites and be in with a chance to win tickets to a special live show and party. This week I'm chatting with the Sunday World's Dara Keeney and Enda Bulger about parts one and two of the most famous gangster trilogy of all, The Godfather. This is the Dingle Whiskey Movie Club, only on Crime World. Do you know what I found extraordinary? And first of all, Enda, you mentioned to me, and um, we hadn't noticed that it was the 50th anniversary of The Godfather. It's hard to believe it's 50 years. But what I found absolutely extraordinary was the novel was written in 1969 and the movie was adapted in 1972. Does that mean it went on? It went on in 1972. So it only took three years. Yeah. It takes like Netflix documentaries longer than that to be adapted for. But wasn't the original plan by Paramount to have the book out make it a best seller. Ah. They, bought the, they bought the rights to it. And actually one of the stories that goes so on... they were already planning it correct, before the book, I And see. they had the rights to it. And actually, they say it saved Paramount because they were losing so much money. They had, had so many flops that um, that when Paramount was sold, yeah. it went with the rights and the company was saved. So it was, yeah, because yeah, it just looked very impressive. I was thinking, imagine putting that on. It was, yeah, when you think about it. Well, but there was a long con involved, I think. Yeah, well, they had a sequel already planned before the first one was finished. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so it was a bit of a machine from the beginning. It was yeah. never going to fail, like... There was a big plan in place, but they didn't have any of the parts in place. So that was the thing about this. Like, they didn't have the directors, the actors right. and all that. So there's loads of trouble. There's so many, like, videos and um, articles about all the trouble they had trying to get the actors and convincing. Like, once they had Coppola on board, he wanted Italian actors. Yeah. It was the first time he wanted Italian actors um, playing Italian um Monsters characters like yeah which sounds so normal now yeah. but at the time prior to that it was all Jewish actors because they right. were the, the the Jewish lads were running the, the big movie companies and oh. they wanted their guys in the main mafia roles and presumably English speaking mainly I mean there was obviously the kind of the there was that as well but they but they they but even the even um, the Paramount bosses were saying no we want Robert Redford in as Michael they don't they yeah. didn't want Al Pacino and I think Al Pacino had done some little movie a year or two earlier but he was he wasn't well known at all. He only got paid thirty-five grand for that first movie. Sure, they wanted him sacked after two weeks. Yeah, why? Only Francis fought for his case and said, "No, if he goes, I go." So he was a nobody. Al Pacino, yeah. So and and by the way, Al Pacino horrified to read that he was he's eighty-two, yeah. but anyway, minus fifty, thirty-two he was. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Good <laughs> well done without the calculator see how I doubt myself I know yeah, yeah instant yeah but you're right to doubt yourself just um, immediately but he's 82 so he was a nobody yeah and well the only the biggest star was Marlon yeah but obviously his his career was on the wane but like he was only 47 playing a 
a guy in his mid seventies, maybe wasn't? Yeah, there was lots of questions over him, and wasn't he like a total diva? The, like Paramount said no to him as well because he had helped, he had stalled production on loads of movies before that, so he'd been blacklisted. But Coppola said, "No, we're starting with Marlon. That's the, that's the guy we want to play Vito, and we're going to work our way down." And they said, "Okay, look, fine, you can have Marlon, but if he stalls production once in the first couple of months, he's gone." This is what the bosses were saying. Right. He didn't stall production, and then they were saying, "Right, but you have to get Robert Redford in for Michael." And Coppola had to fight for every single person that he wanted. It was. It just sounds insane. Like that's it does. The, that he got away with think it. Think about it. And Coppola was the tenth director that they offered it to. No one wanted it as well because mafia movies were on the way out. Right. So Coppola decided when he read the script um, and he read the book. Obviously, it was his best-selling novel at the time. Anyway, Coppola said to this is what I this is my idea for it. It's not actually about. <clears throat> it's not a shoot 'em up between Italian and American people. It's a family movie. It's a, sorry. It's a, fu- fam- a movie <laughs> about family, but it's the family, the core values of yeah. family. It's and not the Brady ones. He was kind of no. comparing it to other yeah. love stories at the time, which threw them a little bit. But the long, but they spent three days pitching. Couple of pitched it for three days, saying this is exactly how it should look, based on the screenplay, and they let him on. Take it away. It is kind of a family movie, an odd, an odd, not the norm the family, fa- the I family. suppose, but you know, it is. And it, it does is have famous. some nice core values. <laughs> the quotes from it, though, that we all still use, do we all, or is it just me? Am I just so sad that I still say things like from the Godfather every now and then? I think it's become part of the normal vernacular these it's days, hasn't it? Part of, or is it just, are we odd, do you think? As, as we in, in this bunch, in a bunch, or, <laughs> yeah. or as oh. a society? No, I mean a bunch. Yeah, I'd say so. I think we are odd. I don't know. I think. I think. I think uh, we're surrounded with so much crime stories that we think it's okay to quote The Godfather and things like that. Like, what are you talking about? Which I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm too tired. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there are. No, there I'm are. Just to try and have a kind of a really. But well, we might stop at a horse's head in the bed, but you know, the quotes, the quotes as they go are yeah. like you're making an offer you can't refuse. Yeah, and, those and stuff kind like of that. things. And, yeah. um, and was, what about swimming with the fishes? Yeah, like I mean, Luca just, Brassi, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, horses' heads. So you're not that tired, Nicola. You remember that? Yeah. 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 Um, there's other quotes that aren't obviously quoted every day, but there were amazing quotes in the movie. Like we were just saying it earlier, like kind of underrated scenes, like when Michael grabs Fredo. Um, by yeah. the that the face he says I know it was you yeah I know you had ratted out the family I know yeah. it was you it's the vigour he grabs you broke my yes. heart it's yes. terrifying and he's kind of launching this kiss on him on the stroke of midnight down in Havana yeah. and you're like Jesus like, and you can see it in his eyes like he's so disappointed and little did we know what he was planning then like, kind of about half an hour later in the movie he actually ends up having his brother shot and killed for, for going against the family spoiler alert um, <laughs> that's the kind of spoiler alert at this stage 50 <laughs> yeah. years on 50 years on <laughs> and uh, have you an ability to kind of tell us the plot in a kind of no, I'm not going to say a few sentences but you know what I mean when it was set what it's about, what happens. Oh, God. In Godfather 1 and 2, by the way, which is, we're reviewing both here. Yeah. We, Start with Godfather we're, 1. We're, we're dissing 3, obviously, are we straight? We're dissing 3. Most well, I mean, you definitely. guys don't need to diss it, so. <laughs> yeah. It's not part of the... Yeah, it's, it's, so it is. Start with Godfather, the Godfather. So, okay. what's the plot? Uh, the plot is, let me see, it's a it's an Italian family. Well, it, it kind of starts with, with uh, let me see, Vito Corleone, mm. so... It, it's set weirdly because it starts, starts off, at the wedding. It starts at the wedding, which is it's kind of bizarre setting in, as itself for a mafia movie. Yeah. Although mafia is not mentioned throughout the movie at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it it it's kind of bizarre setting to start, but you kind of get this sinister undertone straight away. Yeah. That this is this is a man not to be messed with. It's all dark setting. It's 
really dimly lit. And outside is this beautiful wedding, which you find out subsequently it's his daughter's. So it, it, I, guess, I guess the running order is just his, his life as or the end of his life, actually, where, yeah. when it's coming to the end, you know, where, where his family and then... We're, we're, we're kind of like arriving right into the middle of his life and he is one of the heads of the New York Mafia families and, and this becomes apparent. Do you know when we were doing the photo shoot and you guys were doing the Godfather and you were the Godfather, you were Brando and you were kissing his... Bonacera is my character's name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But do you know when you're saying there about Marlon Brando that he was so young for playing that 70-year-old, yeah. it's the way you held yourself and the way he held himself in the movie. Didn't he kind of hold himself? You can hold yourself in a way that you makes you look hold, older. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not uh, saying uh, you looked uh, older in the photographs. Thanks. Kind of did. Thanks. I look like, I look like a guy in his mid-70s. <laughs> <laughs> I've never felt better. You did yeah. that very well. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I, I think... But it's nearly become a parody of itself now. How, Vi how I was going to call him Vito. How Marlon did it because yeah. it it's it wasn't looked at as he should be this kind of he played he played this part like no one else has kind of done or since yeah. before because it's now done as a parody. It doesn't it looks gimmicky, but when he did it, he was the first to do it. To so do it, yeah. yeah, so I, I I don't know. So he was like he's very dislikable unless you're obviously his daughter and his own children like I mean he isn't a likeable character although yeah well lo looking back myself I haven't watched it in about I was going to say 10 years but that would make me way younger than I am 20 years I'd yeah, say when I, I, when, I, when, I, when, I first, yeah. when I first watched it I'd say yeah. I was late teens early 20s um, and I would have had the viewpoint that Michael his son yeah. Al Pacino was this kind of likeable character and I kind of saw him as mm. this machoism maybe that was a guy in my late teens early 20s now when I look back on it he was despicable he's kind isn't of, that interesting that you felt yeah, differently yeah. about him as yeah where Vito kind of seems more respectful yes Marilyn's character seems more um, as you get older he seems more he, he he's favours for favours and family yeah. is family and there's honour there isn't there's there? Not, he, yeah, he respects honor. and treats his family better yeah. than, than Michael ever did and it was yeah but I had it twisted in my viewpoint from when I saw it the first time I think I so, agree with you I think I had the same experience actually in a way yeah I, I there was kind of a likeable roguish character to Marlon maybe is that because he's he was an older gentleman and then he was playing with his grandson in the, in the vineyard and I, d I don't know it's I can see the values that you're talking about I don't know whether I really particularly like him but I can definitely see the values and I can totally connect him to the old school real life gangsters and that value system that he had and how the son comes in and becomes an absolute thundering asshole yeah because it's a silver spoon. It's just that Vito would never have attacked his family the way Michael did, which yeah. kind of... No, for sure. It, 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 it really, like, family was everything. But he came from nothing, Vito. Now, we don't discover that in the first no, movie. No, that's all movie two. Yeah. But, but before we get on to movie two, one of the big things about movie one that I think it did so well is Michael's journey. And I don't want to be... Mm. I mean, I know character arcs and stuff like that, but he went from the guy who didn't want to be part of the family, yeah. joined the army... Um, had the girlfriend Kay, everything was outside of that family unit. And you, when Vito was shot, uh, wasn't killed, but was shot, I think it was six times or something like that, mm. um, Michael rushed to his aid, saved his life that time in the hospital when the, the the rival gang were about to take him on. Michael was the only one who copped onto that, so he was clearly intelligent. Yeah, he so he was portrayed to the really and quickly. it's quiet, and he realises something's Some happening, and yeah, all the staff are gone, and the he realises the father's going to be killed, finished off. 
but he didn't. But that's one thing to be brave and save your dad. But then as soon as it was required of him, mm. he stepped up. He he took on the turkey, shot the Turk dead, he, he, which banished him to Sicily. And he comes back as this vicious yeah. gangster. Like instantly he went from this likable kind of... You can see it in his eyes nearly. Yeah, it's his eyes. It's soulless Sharp, almost. Sharp, the yeah, acting yeah. is amazing because there's... There, I can't remember the exact scene, but he's staring at someone and you're going he is a completely different man to half an hour ago who was holding Kay's hand walking down the streets of, of uh, New mm. York when he saw the newspaper. Um, it was an incredible turn. That, and I think from, like Vito didn't want Michael mm. in the family business. He was kind of hoping he had, like as Tom Hagen says, sometimes there's a plan for you. And that actually pissed Michael off because Michael wanted to do his own thing. He didn't want... Yeah. He didn't want the, the consig Tom and he didn't want his dad telling him what to do but he also knew that it wasn't going to be in the family business but then when it was forced on him mm -hmm. with Sonny's assassination he stepped up more than we ever expected but then turned into a character who was far more detestable than his dad was as you said earlier because as you said he's he's taken out his own family members to, mm. to keep the peace at one point like Did anybody notice anything about Sonny's murder that was familiar? Um, at the Talbot. At the Talbot. Yeah, you just the whole scenario of it, that there was a call made and there was his sisters in distress and they know, obviously, he's going yeah. to make, he's, they know he's going to, you know, get into a temper because he's like quick-tempered. Yeah, know he's, he's going to leave quickly yeah. and he's going to, which direction he's going to go. But it sounded to me so like the conspiracy to kill Patsy Hudge. Oh, it is quite yeah. similar, yeah. Yeah. God, yeah, when you think about it. I, I just, I mean, obviously, you know, every time you watch a movie, something different yeah. springs out There's of you. But that, I was like, oh my God, that's exactly the, that was the same plot. Like it was Life to, imitating art there. It was literally to get him out, to, to, to react yeah. to a situation in a temper okay. that he was going to storm out and kind of... Without because, the bodyguards, he left so quickly. Like, and he, he left so quickly because Sonny was, they were under protection, yeah. of course, yeah, because... so. Is it clear, or did I, was it a moment that I nodded off again, but that why the five families go for one another? Why do they it's start? The drug, it's, it's, it's the battle the for drugs. Sorry, it's 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 drugs. And it was yeah. the one thing that Vito's honour yeah. um, uh, kicks off at the start. And he was just saying, no, it, like, I mean, he's fine about um, prostitution, I think, and gambling. <laughs> gambling. He loves yeah. his gambling. That's yeah. fine. But it was the drugs he, he drew the line with. And when the Turk Salazzo, I think his real name is, um, when he made the, the, the pitch to him and... Vito very cordially said, no, I'm going to decline your offer. That's when the other families decided to turn on him. To turn on them, yeah. Because they them. all had to get into drugs They all wanted together, it, but right? he had all the judges, didn't he? And all the, Of course. So they needed his uh, yeah. approval and they were willing to give him huge portions of the... Mm -hmm. the, the well, wasn't the it? Takings. A million would turn into 10 million, so they all wanted that slice, really, mm -hmm. I guess. So, yeah, yeah. Like, if we yeah. get him out of the picture, well then... Yeah, we'll all get a bigger slice. Of and the that's pie. set. So it was started in the 1940s. So they're talking about that coming so 10, in. And forty-five to fifty-five, I think, is the first movie. Is the kind of the. That's where it's linked, and yeah. would the drugs have been coming in then, or not? Well, that's what they're clearly there. saying, though. Oh no, it was set in the seventies. Sorry, wasn't it? Then no, the, no. some of that. No, no, it's supposed to be set in the nineteen forties. Oh, I that have. first movie, no. sir. Yeah, yeah, Vito was forty-five to fifty-five. Yeah. The yeah. first movie was yeah. So I'm getting the date mixed. Well, there must have been narcotics coming yeah. in then. There probably was. Well, enough to make money, I guess. Yeah, well, I suppose it was always opium and all the rest of it, but I don't know what... I would have thought that the 60s and the 70s were the real heyday of that, but the five families... Anyway, so um, he's in Sicily. He marries this woman that he sees coming up the street. He forgets all about Kay. Forgets all about Kay. Back and home. by the way, can I just say about Kay? <laughs> Diane Keaton. Not like her? No, it's just... It seems so wrong that she was cast in that role. She just looks wrong in the whole thing for me. She at no point fits in. Am I alone? I think. Well, I don't. I, 
didn't. Well, she's completely different to who he married in in Italy. Looks oh, wise, yeah. Looks and, wise. And, yeah. And, yeah, you know, like it wasn't your typical. Italian. I don't even mean looks wise. I just think she's so square and everything. But doesn't that isn't that on purpose? Isn't that contrived by the director? Do you think to go against? Everything that but the why others did she do. Stay with him? Well, Michael was square, I guess. He was a World but War II vet, and then he came yeah. back and he was kind of this guy in uniform mm. and he barely joined in at the wedding. He didn't even want to be in photos and it was. But you he's know. manipulating her as well. Like in that closing scene of the first movie with the door closing, do you remember when um, he says, What have I told you, Kate? Don't ask me about my business. Don't ever ask me about my business. And then he, he caves and says, Okay, you got one question. Yeah. And she says, Is it true? Did you have Carlo killed? Was it? I think that was the question. Yeah. And he lied. Brilliantly, because I even though we knew it had just happened, yeah. we're looking and going. Actually, but I think I think she yeah. knew. Okay. I, I think she knew. I think that she from that moment that the trust maybe. was broken, and she knew. Okay, okay. I can't trust you now. I no, think. I, I got I got a different look from her oh. face. I got the she was convinced that first look. Yeah. But then I think then when she left and saw the other man coming in and kissing his hand, that's when I think she goes, "Oh, maybe that actually was a lie." Yeah. And that's when the the credits rolled on the first movie. So you're kind of left with the big kind of cliffhanger. So did she ever find out about the one in Sicily? Because he was going out with Kay. I, I, that's, no, that I don't think so. That ever clear. I don't think he did. No. And I kept waiting. You know, yeah. I kept going, okay, did I miss this the first time? I'm going to see it again. And then I was like, no, that it's actually never happened. Or maybe it might be on the... Might be the on edit the, room floor. The edit room floor, floor. maybe, yeah. I think so. Maybe lots. they deliberately didn't handle it because, of course, the first wife, the beautiful young Sicilian... Um, who he's very loving towards. She's learning how to drive. He's under threat because Sonny has been killed and, you know, the families are at war. Um, and they decide that after, just after Sonny dies, they decide they have to move him very quickly to another part of Sicily and they are going in the car and, of course, he comes out and she's learning to drive. and so Him oh. driving off. As, the, as his minder had asked him, are you going to be driving? Yeah. And he said, yeah, so the bomb was placed... For him. She for lasted him. how many? About 11 minutes maybe? Yeah. 7 minutes? Yeah. 6 minutes? Yeah, I don't know. It was like, yeah. that was a farce. Yeah, it was, was gone. F- and yeah. it was here, leg was left. Yeah. Did you see that? Little did. Bit? No, I, I, that yeah. I missed that. You yeah. have to go back and watch yeah. it I just remember. Right Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, <laughs> yeah. Sunday, Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can drive. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, we think that Kay was never told about that little blip don't in their romance. So, don't think so, but I think she was kind of hooked in by his lies and his and his charm, and then obviously um, the kids, so she stayed with them. I think just to answer her other question, I think that's why she stuck with them, and ultimately it took years and years of um, being lied to for her to then realise, I need to get out of this. And yeah. That's actually one of the best scenes. I think that was in two um, when he was confronted. He was confronted about the um, the miscarriage. He was told by Tom Hagen that MK had had a miscarriage. Yes. And he was gutted and they confront each other in the hotel and she admits it was an abortion. I'm campering your, another one of your children into this world. Like, and that was, I actually didn't think she'd make it out of the room. Yeah. No, you wouldn't like, have thought so. You would have thought, okay, yeah. how, how's her body going to leave this hotel? Yeah. I was thinking because it's... To start at the beginning with number two, two, because really it is the reason to watch number one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, in a way. Yeah. Like, obviously, yeah. Our, they don't even call it one. It's just the Godfather stands alone. But at the same time, like, two is an extraordinary piece of cinema. It's yeah. an amazing story. It's it's amazing the way it jumps around. And it's telling the stories in, in, in it's going back to the father's childhood and it's moving forward to Senate hearings. That's right. And it goes all the way back to Sicily when Vito leaves. And, and it's the backstory. And his grandfather. 
right back at the start. Yeah. I think it was at his dad's funeral is the opening scene and then the yeah. brother gets shot during it and um, the mum pleads with Cicio, Ciccio, um, to spare spare her mute, dumb son's life. He won't do anything. And Ciccio says, well, I can't guarantee that he's never going to come back and try and kill me. Um, I don't, if or there was some good line like he can't speak or something like that and he says, he says, um, yeah, but he can use a gun. He might be able to use a gun or something down the line and, but young baby Vito, nine-year-old Vito, runs off and escapes. Yeah. Well, he gets he, over if to you manage to see his whole family being wiped out, it's yeah, mother killed everyone's in front dead. of his eyes. It's, it's Dad, really brother. savage. Like, yeah. Yeah. I wonder, did the start. mafia go all the way back that far in Sicily? It must have. I assume they did. I don't really... I assumed it was... You'd yeah. imagine there was organised crime, yeah? Like, it would have to be. There, yeah. would have, there certainly was an awful lot of it when you're looking at that time when Vito makes his way into... Him into the US into through Ellis Island where of course gets the, the name Corleone because the only name they had was his village where he was from exactly so he gets called Corleone but de definitely around that time you have all the gangs emerging yeah. the, the Irish gangs and the yeah. you know the Jewish and the the Italians and all the rest of it so clearly they were all survivors I mean in a way you kind of understand and even of the modern day and the real life, you sort of half understand those people who, you know, when you see little Vito Corleone and what happened and what he left behind, what he went to America with, which was nothing, the shirt on his back yeah. and a suitcase with a few bits in it. Um, you can kind of understand why they clawed their way to wealth. But Don't, it's the next generation that Self-preservation, really, it isn't is, it? You, yeah. you see them, he's no shirt on his back, even getting weighed and stuff. And it was yeah. kind of like... He literally went from this to this guy, survive. from the opening scene to somebody counselling, asking for his help with a, you know, with a single rose to, yeah, to this little scrawny boy getting off a boat to, yeah, didn't know where he was going really. I loved the early De Niro stuff as well because he's actually a, a, just a regular, nice, loving husband. He doesn't seem to have a bad bone in his body, trying to make ends meet. And yes, he's got the job stacking shelves in the shop, and he loses his job because the local hood Don uh, Finucci, I think his name was. Wants the job for his nephew. Yes, So that's the right. shop owner is forced yeah. to get rid of De Niro. And he, he holds his hand up saying, okay, no problem, and walks out. He doesn't cause a stir or anything like that. But that obviously, that's the thread starting to be pulled. Yeah. And he starts to realise, well, you know what, why is this guy in a white suit, Finucci, getting money for nothing and I've lost my job because of it? And yeah, we're both it. Italians. Yes. I'm an Italian. He's and an Italian. it all starts off from there and turns into the, ma the big so, mafia boss from there. It's absolutely. incredible. Like, but you can see that he has more than others. Huh? He has that intelligence, doesn't he? He yeah. has that sort of wiliness that you obviously need. Well, to. even that calmness when he was confronted in, in, in his little wagon or his little car That's right, by Fanucci, he's kind of he deadpan, doesn't yeah. flinch, doesn't say, okay, you know, he's just kind of, he knows how to play it. Yes. Considering the two partners in crime at the time, the little kind of street hoodlum guys that were pals of his were scared of yeah. Finucci. Finucci and this and young Vito, 20 something Vito, it's like, oh, do you know what? Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. talk my way around it and handing him less money under the hat, remember, and, and just explaining his way out. And then Finucci, and Finucci, I hope I've got his name right, I think it is Finucci, yeah. um, saying, do you know what? You'd, you'd be good on my team, will you come and join me? Um, I can, you can make some money with me. Like, he obviously, even Finucci spotted something in him. But obviously, Vito had other plans for but him. But you know, I suppose there's that little bit in between when he arrives in, in New York alone and all the rest, and then you see him with the wife and having the babies and loving the babies and the kids and Sonny is in his arms yeah. and everything. Um, and I think when he starts to become that sort of sociopathic slightly, you're seeing those tendencies, you go back to the childhood, to yeah. seeing the mother being shot in front of him, to seeing his father's whole yeah. family wiped out, and you kind of, 
It's all explained for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's you the know? beauty of the second one. The the, the flashbacks are, incre- are amazing. Amazing. And actually, there was one bit of, when I was watching it, because the homework you set us, Nicola, for this is great. Yeah. Uh, very easy to <laughs> so do. So many hours, um, wasn't it? But there was one, not to edit, but there was one um, timeline that lasted about 40, 45 minutes with, um, in modern day with Al Pacino. And then it cut back to De Niro's. And you kind of forgot there's a whole other part of this movie. There wasn't quick yeah, edits yeah. like you'd have in a Quentin Tarantino movie or anything like that. They gave it a good 40 minutes at one stage to tell the story before going back. Yeah. And I thought, like, it, it holds you in. And I remember we were joking, kind of going, geez, the second movie, it's three hours and 13 minutes, like, you know. But you kind of get lost in it really quickly, I well, think. Well, if you had the time, you would. I mean, yeah, well, I literally, you I, had to I, watch it three goes. Yeah, well, I had it. On DVD, like way back when, it's a DVD? whenever, yeah, remember them? Yeah. Th- must have been HMV. HMV. It was literally, and it said insert disc two halfway through. I was like, oh really? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how, how long, long, how long was. was it? Three hours twenty five? Yeah, some, something like ridiculous. Like so, it is. So like, did you watch it all in one sitting, or no. did you go back? Yeah, because you were going like home about last three night, parts. I'd say, yeah, minutes, yeah. Like so like, left. like if that's a Netflix series, they're they're doing ten parts or they're doing ten episodes. You know, I can binge you know, Netflix. I can binge for if there's a day that it's lashing rain out and I'm feeling really lazy. I can binge Netflix for hours. Yeah, but I, get, I, guess, I guess they're not setting cliffhangers every thirty minutes or every That's forty true. minutes. So they're they're literally they're, yeah. They're, they're, there's an arc as you say, and you kind of have to follow it. And you, you want to be invested in it, but it's one of those movies we were saying at the start, like <clears throat> when we when we suggested The Godfather. It's one of those yeah. movies that when you're flicking through the channels, no matter how many times you've seen it, and no matter what part of one or two you flick into. You're gonna find yourself staying on that yeah. channel. It's one of those movies. You can settle into it, even if there's 15 minutes to go, or it's yeah, near the start. Yeah. You're gonna to want to watch it. You, there's no spoilers anymore. Like you uh-huh. know everything, but it's it's so good. I think still, and you're probably right. You probably pick up a few different things or get a different angle on things now. Um, from the first time, like since I would have watched it maybe first time 15 years ago, I was quite late to it actually. Um, but like. I'm a dad now, so you might see different things, a different kind of relationships yeah. between the characters and stuff like that. I, I, it's just one of those movies. You just, I can never stop getting. I can never get bored. If you, of it. if you, Absolutely if you had the time, would you were, end th- saying you don't think young people will watch it. Yeah, well, it's, that's sort of well. Speaking to some of the younger generation yeah. in our office, yeah. I, I'd mentioned, and, and they haven't seen it. She shall remain nameless. She said, oh, "I haven't watched it." I was like, "Oh, you yeah. have to watch it." And I was, yeah. and I was telling her the length, and she's like, "Oh." Yeah, it might be a bit. So I know there's a whole TikTok generation. Well, and it's, 2019, it's The Irishman came out the same yeah. length, doesn't it? But again, I didn't watch that in one sitting. I no, kept falling asleep. Four, four goes. No. But didn't someone watch it and then put out how you should watch it and yeah, when you should they, pause? They broke it up in, into in, four bits. Yeah. Right, and I luckily saw that before I started it. But is that because we're used to this Netflix thing now and we're used to kind of that whole new way of yeah, watching it's things? It's like a quick fix and, yeah. then, and then move on and then, yeah, I think so. Maybe our brains are like, a little bit changed but even moviegoers are giving ago. out about James Bond movies these days being too long and right. stuff like that so maybe maybe the attention span has changed yeah. a little bit and you need you need the big climax every 40 minutes maybe mm-hmm. whereas you're not going to get it in a movie but like genuinely, this genuinely if it was to come out into cinema now and, and you were to say like you go in at 7 o'clock and you're out at close to 11 o'clock 11 yeah like I don't know would people would people do that depends if there's butter on the don't popcorn know. I don't yeah, know yeah they mightn't it's a lot of popcorn where does it bring us to up to in the story the the end of it because and I'm asking that question purely for the listeners (laughs) (laughs) who might know better than us (laughs) what happens at the end so what happened to me was right I um, (laughs) do you know I have difficulties trying to find where it was and how to get onto YouTube couldn't get it on YouTube got it on Sky right rented it on Sky 3.99 
It was the first time around, so it was eight ninety nine to buy it. I'm not buying it. I'll rent it. Sure, for God's sake, I'll watch it now. Oh, on the couch. So then I went back to watch the end of it because I'd seen, I knew I'd seen about an hour and a half, an hour, 40 minutes. Like <laughs> and my rental was it. <laughs> oh, God. So then I rented it again. Okay. Same thing. Happened. Oh, my God. Three yeah. times. Should have just bought it. So bought it. <laughs> I go back to asking this question for the listeners. Uh, what happens towards the end of it? Do you remember the spaceship came down? <laughs> yeah, the purple aliens. And took them all out to Lake Cuomo. <laughs> I didn't see that. You could, tell me, you could actually tell me anything and I'd go, wow. The, he is, um, they have moved to, well, what he suggested was legitimate business, but they went over to Vegas. They took on the, the yes. casinos and hotels of Vegas. Um, this would be about the 1970s then. That's 80s. where it's come up to, I think, yeah. yeah. Because that would <clears throat> be right about that time. Yeah, because that leads into three, which we're not really, we don't really want to talk about with the 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 Papalty uh uh, elections, mm -hmm. which was uh, mid to late seventies, so that makes sense that it ended. Um, but you know, it wraps up. Um, it comes to the end with. So Kay leaves him. She decides, I've had enough. I'm out. But she's trying to take the kids, and that doesn't work out for Kay. He said, not over his dead body, basically. So he gets to keep the kids. He he does, and the battle with Hyman Roth down in Cuba comes yeah. to a head where there's um, one of his big enemies who is a fake friend. They, they have this alliance going the whole way through, but then at some stage during the movie, um, Michael admits that he knows Hyman Roth was tried, the one who tried to have him killed because were you awake for the bit where his mm -hmm. entire bedroom was shot up and they were in bed? In a nursing home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you eaten today? I actually did see the bit where yeah, his bedroom, bedroom was shot up. That was early yeah. on, yeah. Okay, so five minutes <laughs> Yeah, we got that in just at the opening credits. Um... <laughs> So we saw that. So uh, he, he was vowing revenge for that. Yeah. And that was linked then all the way back to Hyman Roth, who was down in Cuba, who he was also doing business with to take hotels with. And so there was this kind of love-hate relationship. We've, we realised that he was actually playing Hyman Roth completely. Um, and But then, the, did, did you see the Senate hearing? The, yes. The weird, okay, so you yes. saw the Senate hearing where it was all going to unfold. The big house of cards was about to fall down because they had Frank, uh, who... Frank, I can't remember his surname, the, the funny guy with the bald guy with the moustache, was convinced that Michael had him was trying to have him killed yes. because the... Anyway, but he was conned into that, thinking that... <clears throat> so Frank was going to testify. and um, But then they managed to brilliantly manipulate Frank at the last minute by bringing Frank's brother over. And all it needed was a stare across the Senate room floor. Mm -hmm. And Frank decided, the Omerta has yes. to stay in place. Yes. And uh, I'm not going to... That statement, that signed statement that I gave you, that's that was all just under duress. So yeah. that all came to a head, um, and they brilliantly made Frank commit suicide. Um, and it's kind of uh, there's kind of a question mark over it. Like we were kind of you were kind of wondering whether Tom was aware. Tom, yeah, Tom gave paid him a visit in there, so or in prison. Yeah, and it was kind of he didn't tell him to do it, but he didn't not. It but he inferred something yeah. needed to happen, and there was the big anecdote about how was it the Greek or Roman gods or something, and how they yeah. they they get into a warm bath and they slit their wrists, and right. that's how they end their life. And that's actually what he ends up doing that night. Remember, the cops are playing cards, calling him, and they go into the bathroom. So they like they're, they're master manipulators, yes, of, yeah. of, uh, from start to finish. So that all comes to a head. So again, Michael survives because he was supposed to be sent down. Um, but there was one thing hanging over Michael um, after Cuba that was um, Fredo, his, who's older than him, but is obviously the kind of pipsqueak of the family, um, had rashed them out and had given Hyman Roth the it's information. The gobshite brother, really. The gobshite brother, yeah. And um, 
we didn't see it coming at all because then he because Fredo's brought back into the family at the mum's funeral. There's, they kind of get on. Yeah. And he's bringing the mother Corleone passes away, and he's only let in back into the family after Michael kinds of fit. Well, he kind of he thinks he's got to change a heart, really. Connie it's, begs him, yeah. doesn't she? To, yeah, to bring and him he kind of puts his arm around him, and it's like, okay, they're they're back on side, but then you can always tell there's an undertone there. Obviously, with Michael, it's that silence there yeah. that that's throughout the movie. You're kind of going, he's not going to last. He's an evil bastard. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's gone. You know, so he kills his own brother. He has he has um, one of his henchmen to shoot him out in the fishing mm. boat. So it's quite it's, qu it's quite a sad end actually. I thought like it is because and the he's close left, up he's, he's left on his own like no he's one. with nobody. Yeah, his his wife for family has yeah. left him actually on his own sitting on a chair. There's a brilliant scene. I rent it again, Nicola. Um, <laughs> there's a there's an angle where I just start with the half an hour actually, to go. Actually, no, that's I'll start at the bat at the end. And yeah, rewind do because there's a bit where the camera just the very very last scene and. Um, there's a there's a flashback to the sitting around the table for Vito's birthday and Michael announcing that he wanted to become a soldier and it's pissing off everyone around the table and so it's a, it's another flashback and it was yeah. a random flashback because it had no relevance to any of the timelines that were deal, dealt with in the rest of the movie but the camera then zooms in on Michael and it's just a cold dead stare sitting mm. on a chair in the middle of the garden and it's kind of like the the effect that the director put on. It just kind of closed in the shot and it was kind of black and then it just rolled into the it's credits. It's like him left alone. He was left alone at the kitchen table in, yeah. in the flashback and then totally he left alone on there. Own. So it's like he, yeah. he is the black sheep without... Yeah. yeah. And what was it all that was for? Basic, I'd say that was yeah. where they had only ever Paramount planned to take it. And like, I mean, the, the, so that would have been an amazing finish yeah, yeah. to the story because he it just left him on his own after everything coming from where he had come. But Where family was everything, he was literally left with no with family. Nobody and yeah, nothing. Uh, yeah. Having just killed his brother. What sort of interesting facts did you find out? And did you? Um, that's not really great ones. Like there's <laughs> a big build up. It, it, let me see. Marlon Brando actually during the film he wore a mouthpiece. We What's all knew that. Did for the cheeks? Is it for the cheeks? Oh, really? yeah, I you thought know, he, he stuffed his cheeks. No, no, for the. Wow. But you didn't need to do that in your picture. I did. <laughs> He's, you know, he's, no, natu he's naturally jolly. I, I was actually, I was actually <laughs> promised marshmallows. Neither oh, they never came. Neither they never came. They No, they no, never made it to the shoot. Bring them, was I? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You fell asleep. You didn't um, <laughs> yeah, that's called narcolepsy. I have obviously. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know what's in front of you there. The fun fact I love is that um, Robert De Niro and Marlon Brando are the only people to win an Oscar for the same character. Yes. So for the two different movies, three years apart, which I thought was great. And I think Robert De Niro beat Al Pacino that year in 75. So both of them were nominated for Best Actor at the Oscars that year, which I thought was um, brilliant. Marlon Brando went on to be an absolute dickhead, didn't he? Well, I, I think, think he always was. Always was, was, if you read yeah. the stories, yeah. yeah. They, like he was nearly like arrested on movie sets. And oh yeah, he, he, he was... probably kicked up a notch when he... He didn't accept his Oscar, is that right? He didn't accept, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he he sent didn't, a because of the Native American. American yeah. sent her up and then... Apparently, John Wayne was backstage saying, I'll drag her off stage if needs be. Is that the one that died recently then? Yeah, Is that connected that to that lady that yeah. died recently? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That, I saw that story there last week. Didn't, yeah. didn't click on the link, but yeah, I saw that. So mm. so that was kind of dead on, wasn't it? With Marlon being... Yeah, not, not accepting his Oscar for the Native Americans. It's, it's weird because two years later, De Niro collected no problem. Yeah. You know, mm. it was like... For playing the same. But I'm sure it was kind of a trendy thing to do when he did it. Like if the that cause was out there and it seemed to be yeah, a cause I, celeb for a while for some of them. Yeah, sure. Look, Will, Will Smith is slapping people at that's at, true. At the yeah, Oscars, that's so you know. So. Yeah. But um, Al Pacino also made five hundred thousand for the second movie. He made thirty five in the first movie, five hundred thousand in the second movie, and five million for the third movie. 
I took a note of that because not that exactly, but something to do with and wherever the hell the note is. But it was basically that the first movie, say, cost four million to make or something. And the second movie cost eight million to make. But I was thinking that's probably because the actors all look for more money. Possibly. Do you know? Well, Possibly. Although it's more. set though in three different continents yeah, as well. well yeah. The cost. travel would have been to Sicily and all that. But and Cuba and uh, Las Vegas and New York and there were some big sets and scenes. But no doubt they became huge stars of course, yeah. out of that. Well I saw Robert Duval being interviewed on, oh, the, yeah. on the back of the 50th anniversary and he was kind of saying look I'll, I'll do it but I'm not happy with Pacino being paid eight times more mm-hmm. than I'm being paid. I'll settle for four times yeah, as much, but not eight times. So that's how huge the salary, the salary gaps were. Gosh, yeah, yeah. So and like, it does get mentioned in the third movie, from what I remember, as have, having passed Tom Hagen is gone. So they obviously had decided right, he's yeah. not going to be part of it. So the consigliere, which is a bit disappointing because he was a brilliant character actually from start to finish. Yeah, really weird. And actually, the German Irish was almost one of the weirdest characters of all. You couldn't really get to the bottom of him, Tom Hagen. Like what was sort of was were his values and his motives was and it was, his, yeah. was, he well, was a lot of blood on his hands wasn't it like yeah. without yeah. being blood on his yeah, hands he like, was you know, real like, sociopath he had really. he, he gave Vito the, the go ahead to put the horse's head well not the you know he gave That's him the right, bad news yeah. quickly so yeah. he acted really quickly actually oh the horse's head scene we haven't even spoken about that that really is horrifying each time it is apparently yeah. it was a real it was a real horse's head it when was, they yeah. when they did the scene yeah because the first time they did it through rehearsal it was just fake and whatever so the first time so the they actor, actually beheaded a horse to do that. It was, it was a dead horse, and they probably oh sorry, they didn't behead an alive. They didn't a, a say living horse. They didn't say bring him in. And he clip flopped his way through the For studio. the record, I can't confirm that they didn't <laughs> behead a living horse, but I'm guessing if I was working on that, I would probably choose a dead one. Yeah, would you? Maybe. I think it would probably be fairer. Or find instead one. Of, like, instead of Black Beauty there in the field, come on. It's late. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, you're about to fall asleep, are you? <laughs> there are actually some brilliant scenes throughout the whole thing that are standout scenes. That yeah. like, um, and uh, that horse's head one is the horse's head. The wife being blown up in the car. The Sicilian poor one that was only last. If there's any animal-related scenes, actually, if, if there's fishes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Any kind of livestock. It's bad news. But but the best scene of all we haven't even spoken about, which is just before the end of the first movie, is um, Connie's kids' baptism, christening, when mm-hmm. Michael is standing there having just accepted it. And the, the it's cut brilliantly between... The, there's organ music in the church and um, it's really dramatic. And you know something's happening. Michael Michael has cut Tom Hagen, do you remember? He says, there's some things about to happen. You're not in, you're not the consig yes. anymore. Um, <clears throat> I don't want you involved. And all of a sudden it cuts to the cathedral where he's just the godfather. He's about to be announced as the godfather of this child. And it keeps flicking between this very old school christening and the five murders that have been all orchestrated in the various places of the five different families. And um, with the dramatic church music in the background. I well, just, the priest says, do you reject Satan? Do you and reject? I, and, and, and all this is going on. There's yeah. absolute, there's a bloodbath outside. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and speaking of the music, I mean... The soundtrack is extraordinary, isn't it? It starts from the wedding. I actually was watching it back, waltz. watching yeah. it back again, yeah. and seeing that dance happening yeah. with that piece of music, and how they then used it for the rest but of the movie. That movies. piece of mu- music is so iconic. Yeah. It could, it could, it's the uh, perfect score. It, it really is just is. Re- absolutely. I've been banned from humming it into the office all week. Oh, you, since you've I've been, been trumpeting it. Yeah, I have. A very good trumpet. Go on. No, not not for. <laughs> no, no, no. Not, not publicly. No. We'll, we'll record you when you're not noticing. Um, so. Is it the best gangster movie of all time? 
it's not just the best gangster movie it's probably the best movie of all time yeah. like I mean it, it, you can regard movie, it as one of the top five movies of all time regardless yeah. of, of, of gangster movie or not really yeah I think gangster wise or crime wise it is most definitely and it, it's the it's the original gang it's the OG movie mm -hmm. it's the one that everyone else kind of it's the barometer that you kind of aim towards and there's some brilliant movies in the list um, but yeah I just think like even the American Film Institute came out there in 2007 to list the best movies of all time and it was the number two best nice. movie of all time behind Casablanca so and that's nothing to do with crime. That was just best movies of all yes, time. They've just yeah, decided. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, this isn't just a straw poll in the office. These are the actual proper movie insiders have decided it. So it's not just us fanboying yes. um, a, a movie that was made 50 years ago. It's widely regarded as one of the best and movies. And really, like all those things we've spoken about are why it stood the test of time. It's the, you know, the, the score, the the actors, the... the you know, the development of all the characters, the storyline, all of it together just makes it an incredible movie. And what about... Finally, what about three? Will we watch it? Will I use it Can as I my... finish two first? <laughs> <laughs> so next year. <laughs> See how you get on. You're going to lose a fortune. It is. It is. I, think it's a I think it's a standalone movie. If it was if it was brought out today as a standalone movie... Yeah. People would probably love it. It would be still regarded as a... Geez, that was a really good film. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but I just think on the back of the first two... Yeah, uh, they were on a there's so much... It's so just much bonkers. Little, it's little it's beyond the book as well, isn't it? Mario Puzo's... Yes. Puzo or Puzo. I don't... I never um, read that. I did actually. I read it before seeing the movies, yeah. which actually probably helped me appreciate the movies more. I'm going to um, do that. And it's in a completely different order, by the way. You're going. You're oh, going yeah. to be. You're the, the the climax of the of the book is dealt with in the first movie. Like okay. it's amazing how they they've done the make the me timeline. Really confused, in other words. Yeah, especially with all the names as yeah. well and all that. Yeah. Um, and when you can't put a face to the name, uh, well, you will be able to now after if you finish the movie. Um, but the but three as a standalone, I think, is better than a lot of people give credit for. I think a lot of people are like. A bit snobbish about three, is yeah. it? It doesn't deserve. But as Enda said, as a standalone movie now, I think people would actually regard it as a good movie. So come here, you still have the DVDs because I did have them. Does that have three in it? So it has one, two, three, four yeah. DVDs. So yeah. I obviously had that, and I obviously watched it at some so stage. You can I borrow mine, okay? That's... I don't have a DVD player. No, no one does. To be honest, no, except you. You, you can use it through the PlayStation or an What's Xbox. A I don't have a PlayStation. I don't have an Xbox. Forget it. You have a ridiculous. Forget it. Stuff. Just rented five times. Then Do I you ever go out? <laughs> Waste fifty quid. You should have bought it, Nicola. Right. <laughs> okay, guys, we'll uh, wrap it there. That sounds like the certainly a contender for the uh, the number one spot. Hope so. I should imagine so. Yeah. You've been listening to the Dingle Whiskey Movie Club, only on Crime World. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. <laughs> <laughs>